Smarties, we talked about processing speed in episode 63 with Dr. Ellen Bratton, and that episode has gotten a lot of love. In case you haven't heard it, we've linked the episode in the show notes for today's episode. Today, we're going to talk to you about how to support the slow processors in your lives. Before we get into it, we wanted to thank you for being here, and if you're new, we wanted to introduce ourselves. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap, And we're both educational therapists with group practices in Los Angeles. If you're interested in working with us, we invite you to check out our individual websites, which are listed in the show notes. The best way to connect with us is by signing up for a phone call through those links. If you're interested in parent coaching, we offer that service as well, and you can find out more about that on our website, www.learnsmarterpodcast.com. While you're there, go ahead and sign up for our email list so we can get to know you better and you'll get all the behind the scenes dish and freebies. Now, back to the episode. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 84 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Rachel Cap, And I'm Stephanie Pitts. Steph, we're tired today. Very tired. Smarties, we're actually recording this fairly close to release. <laughs> we're recording this on Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019. And I believe this episode comes out next week. Yeah, next Tuesday. <laughs> so we've been ahead basically this whole school year. Yeah. I feel like we've been at least three or four episodes ahead. And the reason we were doing that is because we knew there would be this big gap of not recording in November and around Thanksgiving time. Yep. And now we're up to date. <laughs> Which yeah. And here we are. So just to bring you guys up to speed... In case you haven't heard or listened, we both moved in November and Rachel just got back from an international trip a couple of days ago. So she's still got some jet lag and stuff going on. I think that's what's going on with my brain right now. I think I'm still a little fuzzy. Yeah, of course. I was like up in the middle of the night for an hour. All over the place. So this is my first recording at the new place. But both our moves happened super quickly. Yeah. And, well, we haven't really talked since I got back. I haven't seen you. Yeah. I was just showing her around how there's just boxes still. And we moved over (laughs) a month ago. And I was like, Steph, why are there boxes when everything had a home in my one-bedroom apartment? We moved into a larger space. We both have decision fatigue. We don't know where we want things to go. So I don't know where the home is for anything, a lot of things yet, but... I'll work it out. This is the plan. Steph's going to come up and see my new place later this week. And I told her she's going to help me go through things because I think it will be easier for her to make decisions Yeah, for me here. And then I'll go down and see your new place soon. So funny. Yeah. Classic. I don't know why we both have to do big traumatic life events at the exact same moment. (laughs) I wasn't planning it. (laughs) I think you heard that we were moving and you're like, oh, Rach is moving. I got to (laughs) move. I had that exact thought. I was very conscious. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right. So if we're a little fuzzy today, we haven't recorded in a month. So we're happy to be back. We hope you all had a fabulous Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I heard it was rainy here in LA. I didn't get to go to Disneyland. 
I know, Steph, your tradition is to go to Disneyland every year on Thanksgiving, but you're going to reschedule. Yeah, going to reschedule because the rain from all the wind, the rain was going sideways. No. So it wasn't like you could be in, under an umbrella and it'd be fine. Sideways rain? I can't. I did go to Disneyland when I was traveling. Oh, yeah. You went to Disney Sea and Disneyland. And did you like it? Have we talked about this yet? No, but I don't know if the people need to hear okay. all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Disney Sea was great, but you told me that people were holding bears. Oh, really? Okay. We also didn't go into any of the stores, really, except for at the end, because I need to get my shot glass. Mm -hmm. It was also really cold and rainy, and it got warmer throughout the day. So it was warmer at night than it was in the morning. So it was probably in the 40s every day of our trip, except for one. I told you it was cold. I had to go buy gloves, because I guess they didn't really understand what real cold meant. (laughs) And then we went to Disneyland at like 7 o'clock, and... We walked on to every single ride. It's fun. We walked on to Star Tours. When we saw that it had a five-minute wait, we were like, five minutes? And we kept looking at each other. We just raced through and walked right on to the ride. We walked right on to Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. We walked right on to Pirates of the Caribbean. We walked right on to Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. In fact, that one was a little bit of a wait. It was a 20-minute wait. Ooh. Ooh. And then when we got off, it was a 10-minute wait. So we went on again. So we did it twice. That's really funny. And for those of you who don't live in Florida or California or Southern California or Hong Kong right. or any of the places where there's Paris. Paris. Yeah. Where there's a Disney. Those are not rides that you typically walk on. So we were just, I mean, we did in two and a half hours what it takes to do a whole day at Disneyland. So That's fun. It was really fun. Star Tours was closed. The castle was closed because they're getting ready for the Olympics in 2020. Oh, that's fun. So a lot of stuff is being built up in Japan. So I like it. I like it. But the food was really strange. I could not find anything to eat at Disneyland. Yeah, I know. It's like that at all the different ones. Adam had some weird teriyaki shrimp pizza. It was so weird. And teriyaki is not a thing that actually exists in Japan. It's an Americanized version of Japanese food. And so yeah, it was just really odd. And they have like one thing at each restaurant and that's it. Yeah. I saw that they had cheesy potato. So in my brain, I thought I was getting like a baked potato, which sounded so good to me in the cold. Uh-huh. No, it was like tater tots with cheese. It was so great, <laughs> but it was not satiating. That's funny. All right, let's dig in. Back to the slow processors. So let's just have a reminder for those of you who haven't listened to 63. We really suggest you do because listening to Dr. Ellen Bratton's brilliance is just inspiring. But for slow processors, these are the kids or people in your lives where you say something to them and it might take a minute for them to register what you're saying. You might feel like they go awfully slow when they're doing things. Or they might say what? Yep. They might say what? And it's actually not that they can't hear you. They can hear you. They just haven't had enough time to process what you're saying. So sometimes this happens to me. I might say what, and I actually could hear, but I just haven't been able to catch up and I might need somebody to go slower. It doesn't happen to me all the time, but sometimes in certain scenarios it happens. And it's socially appropriate because having any downtime in the conversation 
is not how we talk. Mm -hmm. So somebody who is a slow processor will fill in the blank in the conversation, giving themselves time to process everything that was just said. Yeah. And so it's, it's processing information that we take in, but it also can be processing the information that they put out. So just know that. So if you have kids that you're trying to get to school in the morning and you tell them to put on their shoes and brush their teeth and it may take them a half an hour to do that, it could be because of their processing speed. Assume best intentions and not all the kids are just being defiant. Some of them don't like brushing their teeth and are being defiant, but some of them are not. So just a reminder. So let's dig into how to support them in your lives. So we compiled a little list here, and in no particular order, here's the first strategy that requires partnership with the school, but you can also do this in your home, and we'll talk about that, Mm -hmm. is previewing information. So let's talk about it in school, and then let's talk about it at home. So when you're previewing information at school, that means that the student has to be at least with the class. It won't work as well if the student is behind academically, but if your child is working with an educational therapist and has caught up, previewing information allows them to know what to expect, which is really, really, really important with slow processors. Mm -hmm. Giving them the opportunity to see things in advance helps them to process faster when they are in the academic setting. So something like this could be, When they're going to read a novel, and let's take in California, and ninth graders have to read The Odyssey. We can talk later about whether or not that's the right choice. I find it really boring. But one of the things that I'll do with learners who are reading a novel with their class is let's go read what the chapter is about. So you know what to expect and what you're looking for. And that's also a reading comprehension strategy. Mm -hmm. Steph, what would you add? I was going to say this could be in any subject. And it can also help mitigate anxiety. Yes. Right? Anxiety can also slow down your processing speed. Sometimes I have a student that I work with that has a lot of math anxiety. And she is in fourth grade. And over the summer, we started working on division. Mm -hmm. So we were previewing that. So when she started doing it in school a couple weeks ago, actually, she was like, hey, I've seen this before. And it helps with understanding because the more that you are exposed to it, the easier it is. I don't know. Let's say you're going to an amusement park that you've never been to before and you're trying to figure out how to go to a certain ride or something like that you're looking at the map and it looks confusing and after you've been there a few times you don't need the map anymore Mm -hmm. right and so you can just walk around and know how to get places so it's a little bit of exposure to help the kids that have the processing speed let's talk about how this can be helpful at home and really it is about previewing information but it's also about creating routine Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about the morning routine because that's an area of tremendous struggle for a lot of families that we work with. Yeah. It's about making sure you actually plan in enough time to accomplish everything. It's about making sure you do the night before things so that there's fewer things to do in the morning mm-hmm. and that it's the same thing. It is predictable every single day. Yeah. So it might be at 7.05, you get up. 
every morning. At 7.15, you eat breakfast Mm -hmm. every morning. It might be that the night before you've put shoes by the door. You've laid out clothes so that all the kid has to do is put on the shoes and then walk out the door. There's nothing to have them get distracted by, etc. So no decisions. Yeah, there's no decisions. So now remember, with any slow processor, it can show up in different areas. So knowing where it's showing up for your learner or for your family member is important to help mitigate it. The second thing, (laughs) teaching a thinking minute. I don't know how you do this, but I think this is sort of to combat the what. Yeah. So go ahead. Sometimes I am working with a kid and we've talked about practicing saying, I need a minute to think or let me think about that or whatever phrase feels good for them so that they announce what they need and it's not just the what. I have a client who you'd give her information and she would go, wait, what? And it just wasn't appreciated by the adults in her life because it made it sound like she wasn't listening. And it forced the adult to repeat themselves because that would be the socially appropriate response to wait, what? And so everything you would tell her, you'd have to repeat twice. So it also is about metacognition and having the student understand how their brain works. So we had a conversation and I said, you know, you say this a lot. And she goes, I do. And she knew how it was being perceived by the adults in her life. She's super bright. And so I said, just go ahead and say, I need a thinking minute. And she's like, cool. And so now she says it all the time in session. Of course, when her mom tries to use that with her, she's like, no, that's for Rachel. But (laughs) she's using it with me and she's using it with her teachers. And eventually she will integrate it into her home life as well. And it's really about her brain just needs a second and she just needs to ask for that need. Yeah. You know, metacognition, we talked about that in episode 76, which was thinking about thinking. And the more that you can help students understand what's going on, the better. So a thinking minute. Mm -hmm. And I've linked episode 76 in the show notes. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode about metacognition, go hit it up there. All right. Strategy number three is really teaching time management. Mm -hmm. So this is once again about metacognition and helping students to understand how long things will take as opposed to what they think it should take. Mm -hmm. So really when we teach time management, one of the strategies that we talk about is an estimation of how long they think things will take. Mm -hmm. And then you have them compare it to what actually was in real life. Yeah. And very often it is very off. Yeah. It's almost never accurate. And it's something that comes with maturity. Mm -hmm. It's true. We talked about this in episode 25, all in good time and how to manage time and get going, which is a part of our executive functioning series. So we'll also link episode 25 if you want to hear more strategies about time management in the show notes. Steph, do you want to talk about colors and time management? So colors and time management. So this is the timers that you can get. And there are some clocks and timers that you can use to show how long things take or how long they have left. So there's this one timer that has a red, yellow, green, just like a stoplight. And it goes from green, which is a lot of time, to yellow. And it sort of goes down to red. You don't have much time. For visual learners, for 
a lot of students with ADHD are slow processors. They can't feel time the way that other people can feel time. So for kids that can't feel time, like you're noticing that time is always such a big issue, these are the kids that are probably not feeling it correctly. So seeing something that's visual to help them feel it or see it is going to really help. So strategy number four. Go ahead, Steph. So multiple reviews of information. So this is going back. So we've talked about previewing, but this is also going back and looking at information that you've already learned. So kids that tend to forget things or had trouble processing it the first time around, it's going back and reviewing. So if you've learned vocabulary or spelling words or whatever it is or multiplication facts, you want to go back and revisit it basically is what we're trying to say. Strategy number five is talking slower. So this is a strategy for the people around the slow processor. And it's not just the slow processor's responsibility to kind of match the speed of the rest of the world. Yeah. We can help support them by saying fewer things. Yeah. And talking slower. I am doing it right now. Yeah. I think one of the hardest combinations that I've seen is when you have a slow processor for a child and a fast processor as a parent. Yes. And that is where there is always the most discord. Mm-hmm. So if you can try to meet in the middle a little bit, because you can go slower, it's a lot harder to go faster. And that's also something that Dr. Bratton talked about, is that when there is that slower processor who is highly intelligent, mm-hmm. it creates this conflict for the learner themselves and then within the larger social structures around them. Yeah. That's got to be hard. Yeah. So strategy number six, getting notes from a classmate or in advance from the teacher. So this is another strategy for either previewing or if you're getting notes after, let's say, the slow processor can pay attention during a lecture and then have the notes already written. We love guided lecture notes. Yes. They help a lot of different students. And it's awesome when the guided lecture notes have like fill in the blanks Mm -hmm. where there are going to be three things that you have to write down here. And we all love that type of stuff. We've all been in lectures where you're given a piece of paper and you're going to have to fill it out along the way. It helps us to focus as well. And it helps students follow along. Mm -hmm. So that's a awesome strategy for lots of different types of learners. Yeah. So if you can get that from your school or your student can get that from a classmate, that's great. Strategy number seven is sub-vocalization. So this is also a reading comprehension strategy, sub-vocalization. I don't know the exact definition, but it's when you're talking to yourself quietly so that you can hear the information. You're saying it and then you're also hearing it. And it allows students to process because they're doing two or three things at the same time. They're talking, they have to think about what they're saying, and then they get to hear what they said. So that can help students process as well. Subfocalization is another one of those strategies that works in a lot of different scenarios. And you have to teach the student how to do it in a socially appropriate way where it's not disruptive. Yeah. The eighth strategy is using lists and checklists. So this could be anything from packing up your backpack to go home, packing up your backpack to go to school, 
remembering your morning routine or your night routine or what you have to do when they get home from school. So creating these lists and checklists, it's kind of like a guided lecture note Mm -hmm. for their routine. And so this can be really helpful because then they don't have to hold all the things that they need to do in their brain. Mm -hmm. And then when it becomes more automatic, they don't need to use it anymore. Exactly. We always want to talk about how to use technology to support whatever we're working on with a learner. How do you use technology to support slow processing? Well, the first thing I think about is voice to text. Mm -hmm. So for kids that struggle with having to do a lot of things at one time, which is come up with the idea how to form the sentence if they're writing, for example, then actually how to form each letter for each word for each sentence, or they're trying to take notes and follow along. Using speech to text is great because you can say things and write an essay or write a paragraph that way. You can also, in some schools, they let you record notes, Mm -hmm. like record lectures, and that can be transcribed. Live scribe pens is another one that we love. Yeah. And Steph, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about this, but a Facebook group that we're a part of posted a app that I'm going to experiment more with that records meetings. Mm -hmm. And it's called Otter. Did you see this post? No. Okay. I saw it when I was traveling and I downloaded it anyway. Mm. And I'm going to explore it more because it transcribes things. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's cool. It'd be good to do with podcast episodes, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. So technology can also be used with, there's certain apps and things where some kids do better when they can put it on a screen. So they can make it a little bit easier and have fewer steps. So let us know about technology. And if you have a slow processor in your life, what technology has worked for your slow processor? Hit us up on our Facebook group, which is the Smarties of the Learn Smarter Podcast Facebook group, which is also, of course, linked in our show notes. And we also want to remind you of what we remind you every time we present you with a ton of strategies, Smarties, which is only choose one, (laughs) one at a time. (laughs) We do not want to do all these things simultaneously because we cannot maintain it. Yeah. All right, Smarties, have a great week. Have a great week.